everyone to another episode of the Cosmic Matrix podcast with your hosts Bernhard Günther and Laura Matsu. Today's topic will be shadow work, triggers and projections. And um, to dive right into it, I want to share a quote by Carl Gustav Jung, who has coined the term shadow work or the shadow. And it goes as follows. The shadow describes the part of the psyche that an individual would rather not acknowledge. It contains the denied parts of the self. Since the self contains these aspects, they surface in one way or another. Bringing shadow material into consciousness drains its dark power and can even recover valuable resources from it. The greatest power, however, comes from having accepted your shadow parts and integrated them as your components of yourself. Everyone carries a shadow. And the less it is embodied in the individual's conscious life, the blacker and denser it is. It all counts. It forms an unconscious snack throughout our most well-meaning intentions. One does not become enlightened by imagining figures of light, but by making the darkness conscious. Yeah, and as always, this is going to be the first hour of uh, the podcast, which is going to be available public on iTunes and everywhere else. And we're going to continue on in a second hour, which is going to be just for members of the Piercing the Veil of Reality Forum. We also have um, a live Zoom call, which we're going to start hosting every month with Bernhard and I. And it's going to be, I mean, the next one's going to be a day after we release this podcast. So if you're listening to this on the day we released it, it's going to be on May 18th at 3 p.m. PST. And so it's going to be a live Zoom call. You can just click on a link and go in. And then if you can't make it at that time, we're also going to post the videos and all the videos for the live Zoom calls after And we're just going to like do Q&A and then later on we're also going to go on specific topics and like do them on themes. But this is just kind of the start, the starter one, I guess you could say. And one more thing, um, we do have one spot left for a woman uh, June for our retreat June 3rd to 9th in Peru in Tarapoto. So if you've been waiting to come, now's your opportunity. It's just kind of a last minute thing that opened due to some arrangements shifting around. So yes, please contact us by going to the Veil of Reality website, going to the Time of Transition Retreat page, and then you can send an email there. So yeah, let's just get right into the topic did we want to talk more about the shadow and what is a shadow? I think you had a definition there as well. Does that correlate to what Carl Jung said? Yeah, in general, just in my own words, just talking about, I mean, I, I assume most people heard about the shadow, shadow work projections and triggers. It's a very, quote unquote, popular topic in this day and age, and we want to dive a bit deeper into it. But generally speaking, the shadow, <clears throat> excuse me, the shadow basically uh, is the unconscious part and blind spot in your in your nature. You can't we, we cannot really see it within ourselves, right? It's 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 unconscious. That's the whole definition that we're not aware of it. <clears throat> excuse me. It is the opposite of the conscious ego or what we identify ourselves or perceive as the I. And it constitutes the repressed negative recollections as well as the repressed positive potentialities in us. 
It is basically the dark side within us. And we see this in mythology. Actually, uh, uh, Joseph Campbell has talked about this a lot, that the shadow is most often represented as the monster that needs to be overcome and slayed. It's the dragon that comes up from the abyss and confronts you when you begin to move down into the unconscious, which is also symbolized by a cave or underworld in mythology. And it basically hides behind your persona, the personality mask you identify yourself with. Yeah, and then let's talk a little bit about, I mean, there's three topics we're covering in this podcast, which are all interrelated, interrelated. so shadow work, projections, and triggers. So the shadow is like the unconscious aspect of ourselves and all of reality in general. It's not just individual. There's also a collective shadow, which we'll get into later. And then projections, which is like what we what is unconscious in us tends to get projected outwards. I think you have a really good definition of this. And then being triggered, which is like that unconscious being activated by some quote unquote external experience, meaning like we can kind of go into that a bit later. But like, I feel personally, for the most part, a lot of the things that we experience externally are just aspects of what's going on with us internally, which is unconscious. So they kind of all um, like they all relate to each other in that way. So what do you feel is a projection? Well, a projection basically means or we in terms of shadow projection is we encounter our shadow or we can almost identify our shadow when we project it on somebody else interpersonally or even a group or people or nations on a collective level. Right? Yeah. So basically going back to Jung, according to Jung, the shadow is being instinctive and irrational is prone to psychological projection in which a perceived personal inferiority is recognized as perceived moral deficiency in someone else. Mm -hmm. So, and that what's also very important to keep in mind or understand that there are two kinds of projections, negative projection is also positive projections, which most people, we, you know, mostly think of shadow projection only in negative terms, yeah, but not in positive terms. So for example, negative projections as you know, most common, could be including strong emotions of hate, disgust, envy, jealousy, anger, irritation, and various other negative behaviors we see in others mm -hmm. and are strongly emotionally uh, judge them for or um, project them onto them. Yeah. And judge them for especially, but deny them within ourselves. Yeah, we're but, judging them in other people because we've suppressed them within ourselves. Exactly. That's the basic of, of projecting that, right? Because it's an, part of our unconscious selves, which we have repressed, repressed and are hidden in our own psyche. And when you project that onto another person, no. the negative, then we feel our ego personality feels better or superior or more moral, quote unquote, than the person we projected on. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and then positive shadow projections, those are those are trickier because the ego will feed off of the positive shadow projections. So you and I get this a lot. It's like and I and I've actually spotted them a bit better because I don't like I don't like I don't like that experience anymore. But when anyone like worships you and is like, Oh my god, like wow, you know, and they just put this they don't see you as being human. So like at any point in time, no matter how great a human is, they're also gonna have this duality at play in them, you know, like every single person, like I feel there's no like perfect, pure human being and even these quote unquote enlightened masters also have this integrated shadow, you know, they know how to work with as well. Um, so it's maybe more integrated. 
But um, when we, you know, like when somebody, when we fall in love or when we really admire someone, we're only seeing these positive qualities in them. And I also notice with people I work with who are really need to get like um, work on their own self-esteem and work on their own empowerment. What they do is they project onto like me or other people around them, all these positive qualities, which they themselves has not claimed, you know? Exactly. That's really what comes down to positive projections. Like you mentioned, include worship, admiration. When we put a person on a pedestal, mm -hmm. pedestal or pedestal? How do pedestal. You pedestal. Well, I don't know. The German way is maybe <laughs> pedestal. <laughs> And only see quote unquote good on them. Like you mentioned, especially that's very common in the, Uh, romantic phase, the beginning phase of, yeah. of a relationship when you project all, you know, these positive qualities in a partner until yeah. the shadow comes up at some point in the relationship. And, you know, all we see it in the cult of celebrity, right? Mm -hmm, Rock mm -hmm. stars, gurus, anyone who is famous, you yeah. know, so we project all these qualities onto them. Um, but as you mentioned, they, it constitutes our own positive unconscious potential project onto others. So in yeah. a sense, we're diminishing ourselves when we engage in positive projection. Yeah, and we do that, like the celebrities is a good example. And this is also why even though for a person with low self-esteem, positive shadow projections could feel elated, like make them feel elated at first, you know, um, is because the positive shadow projections, once you don't live up to that expectation that they've created in their mind about you, they're only going to take you down. And then you see that in celebrity gossip magazines, you know, people are like worshiping these celebrities that they're always looking for shit that's wrong in their personal lives or things that they did, you know, they're trying to ache them on like, you know, like Justin Bieber, for instance, like they like, they see him as this being this big pop star. And yet they walk around like the paparazzi walk around him, like harassing him, trying to get him to act out because they want to present an image of perfection then they want to take it down i mean that's that's uh, almost on the basic official mainstream culture almost the uh, the mechanism of you know putting somebody up raising up to pedestal only to yeah. tear them down to make themselves feel better again exactly right? exactly yeah. and that's why i feel like for me like the negative shadow projections are a bit easier to deal with in that sense and i find that the interestingly the positive shadow projections can get to be way more vicious because they try to push you up somewhere so they can tear you down so it's like this weird well, mind fuck we have i mean i've experienced it in my own work here and there yeah. first of all it's also you know it feels uncomfortable actually yeah it doesn't you know for you know unless the you're more wounded narcissistic the wounded have more narcissistic tendencies you know the ego definitely feeds off of the positive projections yeah right and all that but I had incidences like even just recently something I wrote like and I got the angry message <laughs> from somebody who was just following my work for all these years and blah blah and then get this message I thought you know I just read what you wrote I thought you know you were just this this leader and blah 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 and, and you know I was very disappointed about a certain point of view I had what was the point of view um, I was just in, oh, it was uh, just in general about we talked about diet You know that whole oh vegan they topic. got triggered by the veganism the vegan, vegan vegan topic you know oh you know, okay <laughs> related to your recent article oh really right? <laughs> That's funny. so got all project you know like you know in all these even in her own words I thought you were this and this exposing the projections she had she you know? private message you on Facebook yeah exactly yeah, yeah. Yeah. and then you know um, just basically. Um, I'm I'm unfollowing you now, <laughs> mm. you know, because her projections of who she thought I was didn't, 
match was not based on reality. But you were never a vegan. When, no, well, no, not yeah, never. Yeah, but, like, but it's. I mean, it's whole, It's just it's an example. A, yeah, yeah, it yeah. doesn't matter, right? Yeah. Of just one little thing that tri basically triggered her. Yeah. Right. And then having had having had this, I don't know, um, image image of, of me of, yeah. of whatever. And then an image on top of that overlaid of a spiritual person having to be vegan. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, there are many other examples I can I can recall from my own work, you know, because I, you know, with my own work similar to yours, I t talk about quote unquote taboo topics, and people can get easily triggered. Yeah, right? exactly. And then they project. I mean, that's that's a whole topic in itself in shadow projection terms. When you talk about out certain topics that yeah. challenge somebody's ingrained beliefs, then they personally attack you for it. Yeah, right? the cognitive dissonance. They cannot even engage in a rational argument about the topic itself. They're so triggered that then they attack you personally for it. So, right? what part of their shadow do you think is like? Because this is, I'm trying to just make a, an example of like the correlation between the shadow, the projections, and being triggered. So, what part of their shadow do you think it's triggered by when you find a challenging some a belief that challenges yours? Do you think it's maybe the, um, like. Uh, What's the word? When you're too over too overly focused on a single point of view? When you're very identified yeah. with a belief in a certain point of view. Yeah. Like and your that's, and that, your literally your personal is you you're that. You know? yeah. So if you attack that point of view, it mm -hmm. feels like a personal attack. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's also one thing too that's like I mean, maybe we can just touch on part of I realize this is a lesson that I've come to because I also tend to get very like intensely obsessed in anything that I'm studying, you know? And then if someone presents a different perspective or a different path, I can feel this feeling in myself where I want to like almost protect and defend what I believe in and not, but what the mechanism that I have to do is I have to also let my, you know, like conscious mind override it. You know, I think this is also a tribal survival mechanism as well. We want to find safety in people who have the same beliefs as us. But what I'll do is like I'll feel this d desire to like defend and protect myself just because someone has a different belief or a different path than I than I do, you know, because when once we find something that works for us, we always want to think that that's the one right way. And this is the best thing ever, you know, not realizing like we're all on a different soul journey. It's all so multifaceted that who are we to know what's, you know, we can who are we to even know what's the best for us, you know, like at, at yeah. any point in time. So I think that's, that's, that's the trapping general is like when we find something that resonates with us to also be like, and this is also the main divide between religion and politics and nations is thinking that your way of living is the right way and that everyone needs to assimilate to that. Not really uh, willing to accept like the diversity of the human soul and, the, and, and its journey that it has to go on. Yeah. yeah, we can even take that as an example on a more collective or national level, talking about triggers and shadow projection with what's happening nowadays in the political realm with regards to the left versus the right, especially yeah, especially uh, Donald Trump, right? He's yeah. like, he's the greatest teacher out there somewhere right now, so yeah. to speak, because the amount of projections he's receiving, the amount of people getting triggered by him, especially the left. Mm -hmm. Remember when, I mean, I even wrote an article about it, uh, Donald Trump and the, and the shadow of America. Um, when the, he first got elected, yeah, how all the left, the Democrats got like, their shadow came out like, like, like an ugly monster yeah. and they you know burning posters of him or puppets of him like engaging things they were actually up spoke out against 
yeah. right? And projecting this hate and anger towards men based on fear, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, coming from this more moral high ground that they are better and whatnot, mm-hmm. you know, and he's this disgusting man, not understanding basic psychology, even Gabramata talked about this as well in a recent interview when he talked about the denial of, of America. Yeah. Very interesting interview. I can highly recommend to watch that on, on YouTube. We also talked about similar what I mentioned that Donald Trump also embodies like the American shadow. Yeah. Right? The bigger, the better, the obvious. self-made millionaire, yeah. right? The qu- quantity of equality, the, yeah. you know, narcissism, all of that. Narcissism. Yeah. That's like the American shadow, the best, you know, yeah, country like in the world. The only next... I can do and be anyone. <laughs> I feel like Kim Kardashian would be an excellent candidate for president <laughs> exactly next as a representative. <laughs> I mean, that's just a very basic example of just shadow projection and, and triggers on, yeah. on the political level. But then also, like, I think that the thing is, as well, is, yeah, all the shadows of the left is coming to light. But I, I don't know, because I don't really hang out with, like, um, people who are very politically uh, opinionated or active active for a reason um but um but is it helping them you know what i mean like is are they actually because we can get triggered a lot and we can have somebody who's like around us who's triggering us nonstop. but as long as we're blaming and we're not actually addressing what's going on internally it's just creating this friction you know in the atmosphere i think that's that that's the question to ask yeah. and also you know we also have this rise of this is where i i think the quote I don't know the et- etymology of the uh, term being triggered, but um, I know that it was very popularized in this NPC kind of overly politically correct culture. That's where yeah. it r- rose to popularity, and this, and and it rose to popularity around this culture of avoiding triggering people. Like I remember, like back in like Tumblr, which is like a social media, uh, like. place you know it's different than facebook it was like whenever they had a post about like sexual abuse or anything actually it started getting way out of hand but originally it started being they would would put trigger warning and then they would put content below which is understandable i think you know there is some truth in like like you know if you've gone through in like for me you've seen me get triggered like i've gone through experiences of sexual abuse so i'm not going to intentionally watch a film where there's going to be an abuse scene or any sort of rape in general even if i didn't have those experiences i think at my certain level of being i wouldn't want to engage in watching stuff like that because i wouldn't see the point of like traumatizing myself but i think there's some point there's a use to you know like trying to avoid certain triggers because you don't want to cause more work for yourself. Same as like, you know, you can use this um, to an extreme justifiably. So say I've seen people do this, especially in the new age. They'll like, they'll get into a relationship with the wrong person who will just like really like hurt them. And, and they'll use it as a process for shadow work. And like, yeah, you could get involved in a relationship with a sociopath and you can have like endless amount of content. But is that really like a wise like um is that a wise investment of your energy like why not just leave the relationship so there's like kind of that side of the coin too so it's like we don't want to we want to i feel welcome triggers as an opportunity to learn about ourselves but yet also have you know like know know the difference i guess between a trigger 
this is the key difference. It's like a trigger, which is like something emotionally in us that needs to be processed. And then also, you know, like we are humans who like also have these animal instincts of like anger and disgust. And some of these are natural instincts to protect ourselves. You know what I mean? So like if I'm, if somebody, t for instance, like touches, if I'm out in public and someone touches my ass and then I get angry, you know, I'm not going to be like, why am I not comfortable with them doing that? You know, I'm going to see that <laughs> anger as a defense mechanism to protect me from, you know, like being harmed. So then there, there's a tricky thing. And I think that that... That's that's why it really takes this level of objectivity, self-awareness, also having people who that we can uh, reflect back upon and get feedback from. Like there's so many different layers to it. Yeah, you touch upon exactly on a very important point. That also ties a bit into the limitations of shadow work or just the tunnel vision or misapplication more or less of shadow work. You know, people can indulge in it as well and not understanding what how the work really is about to transmuting you know, to come to a high level of being, to more objectivity, to more integrated, you know, taking responsibility for the way you feel. But also, it's also oversimplified in the new age of pop spirituality where by sayings like, when you spot it, you got it. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Or everything, what you see in other person is just your projection, which yeah. comes through our subjective filter, obviously, on some level. Yeah. But there's also a place where we can see what's going on in another person, clearly without that being our own stuff. And right. it can be both. Too. It can be both too. That's exactly. That's a tricky thing. If, if you can actually own it, yeah, you know, it can you can see something in another person because you have this dealing with the same shit, so to speak. Yeah. So that comes more from an honest place as well. Yeah. But sometimes certain things you can perceive another person, which is not necessarily you have come more, not necessarily your own stuff, because you have come more to an objective place. I mean, that's the whole point of deep esoteric spiritual work to rise to a high level of objectivity within yourself and the world. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's, you know, that's why, you know, especially when you work with people, you know, how you can give them feedback, a mirror, like you mentioned, it's very important in this aspect of shadow work in general to get feedback from other people because we have all our blind spots, but that can be tricky as well. Right, yeah. you, because you don't want to get feedback from just everyone, because no. that's mostly, especially people you don't know personally, that's mostly just filled by projections. Yeah. You know, sometimes there can be truth in it, but mostly it's filled with projections. Yeah, yeah. But you want to like get feedback from people who are also engaged, first of all, in the same work, yeah. are aware of, of shadow triggers projection, and can point out your blind spot, which sometimes, <clears throat> excuse me, on the receiving it, doesn't always feel good, right? Mm -hmm. Because the ego can come in like doesn't you know doesn't want to admit certain things mm. and sometimes to own certain aspects quote-unquote negative shadow aspects doesn't always feel good right yeah and, and it also depends like i think giving feedback is like an art in itself that's true like i think one thing because we're so used uh, many of us i think we deal with this like intense inner critic and we deal with the critic of the environment we also live in a culture which collectively shames and criticizes one another so there's some ways around that and i've you know what i've learned actually from gabber mate's work and i mean in which he learned from other psychologists and other work he's done is it's about creating this element of safety and a and then also asking the person if they want the feedback to begin with you know what and that's Very the thing important. and like yeah. and, and and a lot of times I see you know I've, I've I've been I've been around people in quote unquote spiritual circles who have you know they have this perception where they're able to see things and I wrote about this on Facebook about giving feedback you know is that like 
and some uh, some people disagreed with me, but a fundamental element of giving feedback is this kindness and compassion. Like that's showing that you're coming from a good place and not just being like, so you can spot whatever people's blind spots is. That's actually not that hard, you know, to once you reach a certain level of like awareness, I feel to spot what other people's blind spots are. But the only way that you can really help them is if you attune to them, if you see what that you know, what that whatever behavior pattern is covering up and being able to handle it sensitively. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I mean, I can even reflect on myself. I can totally own that in the past. I've given feedback even to close friends mm-hmm. uh, without being asked, right? Yeah. Just because it was so clear and like I just brought it out and it was not helping. The person shut down even more yeah. or became very defensive. Even if it was the truth, it doesn't matter. But it was like my approach didn't help. Yeah. Right. So very important, you know, that's it's asking for permission, like, hey, do you mind? Can I give you some feedback? I see something. And then, you know, there needs to be the permission. Right? Yeah. And then how we come across as well, creating that safety space in the sense, also it's context and situation. It depends, right? Yeah. Sometimes like, yeah, about calling people out, it depends. Sometimes we need to make a stand and make a boundary, right? Uh, or, you know, if it's more a subtle form of projection or trigger, then we can engage in a more compassionate approach, obviously. Yeah. Without falling into blind compassion again and all that. Exactly. Exactly. So let's talk a little bit more about the shadow projections that we do put upon the world and other people and how they can help us learn about ourselves. Like I know for myself, like, I mean, I can just give examples. I definitely, because I think Canada is interesting because Canada is like, not anymore it's maybe slightly but i would say arguably but not any more politically um advanced than america but yet we project like canada is like a npc nation basically (laughs) (laughs) and we project a lot of shadow projections upon america which i also do as well you know like canada (laughs) has definitely especially like upper middle class liberal canadians have this sense of superiority above americans because you know, like American is like the lowest of the low culturally. Canada also engages the exact same things, but I can see how collectively I also have a shadow, which I trigger, which gets triggered about America as a country, even though that's like a vague concept, you know? And then also upon other people, I notice like, you know, like anything, like my main thing is um, it's gotten way, way, way better. But I think the dominant emotion that shows that I'm projecting upon another person is getting annoyed. Like, and underneath the annoyance, I've done like kind of inquiry on this, is usually anger. And then underneath anger is usually sadness. But that takes some ability to first observe that I'm being annoyed to begin with. So recognize the emotion in me. And then it also takes some ability to be present with that without acting out. And like annoy annoyance is a weird thing because it's so it's such a jumpy emotion, you know, and it automatically this is also the thing with being triggered is it's usually an emotion that wants to get us out of our body. And that's why we project upon another person because it's not a comfortable I guarantee you for the majority of the thing time, like 99.999% of the time, anytime we're triggered, it's not an uncomfortable, it's not a comfortable emotion to sit with, which is why we get out of body and we project upon other people. So just an example, we have projections we put upon the world as myself. Another, just one more example is, um, 
you know, especially, and I think this is quite common for women who have experiences of sexual abuse, is they project upon the world an unsafe world where there maybe is safety because they actually don't feel safe in themselves. And that's something I've worked on quite a bit, but it's still something I have to still work on, you know, and by projecting, by projecting on the world this layer, which you know, we make relate to all of reality, we actually don't have that ability to be objective as well. Yeah. So in a sense, also shadow projection relates to our own wounds and trauma. Yeah, exactly. Right, obviously. But I can relate in these more subtle, you know, triggers I get also. can You know, like you mentioned, I can only get triggered or annoyed mm -hmm. by certain people or by people like don't get certain things or just stupid stupidity, yeah. right? But then all the self-reflection is like, yeah, it's also because my own stupidity in the sense of, um, or in the sense of being very hard on myself, mm -hmm. unconsciously having high standards I put onto others. It's your inner critic. So it's also like, because I have also this, you know, I can see how my shadow gets activated if I have, a, if I identify with a certain ideal self-image, mm -hmm. right? Or project it that's, standards others should be living up to or yeah. i should be living up to so i project my own stuff my own standards onto others yeah and then it's not really coming from a compassionate place yeah because i know it regular actually i'm like i lacked compassion towards myself mm -hmm. right yeah hence the anger exactly coming up, right yeah where do you think that comes from um Well, partly maybe my German uprising. <laughs> um, but were your parents, like, they projected an idealized self-image yeah, on you? Yeah, that's, that's very true because, you know, in my own life, um, you know, like, in my generation anyway, like, you know, I was, my dad even, like, suggested, you know, Uh, certain professions I should get into. Yeah, like, my parents university, did that Like too, ha yeah. having, or, they already had an image of me of what I should be doing. Yeah, which yeah. was not in alignment with who I truly am. So I didn't feel seen. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's, that happens a lot. Yeah, right? super common. Yeah, exactly. So, like, how can we identify when, or like, how do you identify when it's a shadow projection and when it's just an observation? I think the big difference that ties into like the nature of a trigger. Mm -hmm. Right, so a trigger is really when we quote unquote overreact emotionally, right, with something that really affects us on an emotional level or even a physiological level. You can sense it in your body, yeah. on your mind, it goes over and over, and it really like is overly focused on whatever that person, the incident is doing, yeah. right, and the judgments comes up, come up right away, yeah. right. But most is uh, you know a hint at your own shadows when you really have a, a strong emotional reaction to something, quote-unquote yeah. negative emotional Compared reaction. Compared to the, what the event actually was. You know, and now, exactly. And then having more an objective observation, which could be the truth uh, without your own stuff involved, is more like a sober recognition mm -hmm. that doesn't affect you on any shape or form. Well, I right? mean, it can affect you. Like, for instance, the example I used earlier, if someone, you know, crosses your physical boundaries, but what I would say is a difference between, that could be, it could be both at once. Like, we could also have an objective, I've had this happen, I had this, like, objective perspective, but then I got triggered by, by, by what I saw. So it can be both, you know? Like, if I see someone who is like hurting a child, you know, obviously I'm going to have a response to that, like a human response where I'm going to want to, you know, stop it or help them, you know, or have some sort of reaction that's going to be, as somebody's fairly empathic, I'll be able to feel the pain of the situation. But yet if I have a 
you know, history of childhood abuse. And then I get triggered by that. Like, see, can you see how it can be both at once? Exactly. I mean, that reminds me of something I can share where I realized my own shadow came out. Being triggered by somebody. Um, I used to work at this um, um, many years ago. That was like 10 years ago at this retreat center as a massage therapist. And there was another massage therapist who also taught yoga there. And he had this old like uh, retreats going and all of that. And he was just very good, you know, promoting his work and, you know, getting clients and used this, you know, even the retreat center to get more uh, clients for his retreats and all of that. And it was kind of smoothing, you know, like in a sense, um, you know, using it, that, that center to advance his own business. And it really triggered me, right? You know, I felt like, you know, oh my, he's so, he's being so fake, you know, with just trying to, um, you know, use it to promote his own work and all of that. And it really annoyed me, right? Mm. Even found myself talking shit about him to, to another friend. But then I raised, why is it, why is it, you know, why do I care? I don't even know this guy personally, right? And he may be indeed like, you know, uh, who care, uh, you know, maybe acting out of integrity, but it just, it just triggered me emotionally a lot. Like it was, was very, dis, you know, uh, just, I was very annoyed by it and I judged him harshly. Mm-hmm. So then to, got into deeper self inquiry and what it came out that I actually was not happy where I was at. Right. And actually that projection was fueled by jealousy and envy. Yeah. On some level, right? That I'm actually still stuck at this place when I would actually unconsciously would like to do more, expand my work like he did and whatnot. Maybe obviously not in the same way. But I was just projecting my own lack of self worth onto that person. Yeah, that's a really common one. Yeah. I would say for most people they get triggered. Like that's why like you know, this is a really common thing when people actually like start pursuing their quote unquote dreams and true purpose is a lot of people who are fairly unconscious to their own shadow of their own unrealized dreams, which is a lot of people because they were taught to like go to university at 18, go into whatever interested them at the time and they kind of got stuck in a job, which just doesn't truly resonate with them. And I've noticed this is like a common theme for anyone who starts truly like living in alignment with their purpose, which is not something that was really common in previous decades. You know what I mean? And then everyone around them who's not doing that gets triggered by their unrealized potential, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Well, how about we go a bit deep into spotting certain triggers? Because it's just beyond the emotional reaction, what's also important to point out there's also a physiological reaction in the body yeah that's what well reggie ray talks about how the unconscious is actually in all in the body like all of your past lives all of your suppressed emotions it's all in the body so the unconscious is the body and if you look at it like considering how like disembodied we are like if people haven't listened to previous podcasts we live in a very like head-centric reality where people are cut off from the wisdom of their body and their more feminine intuitive nature and so what gets triggered and why we have such a strong reaction and actually interestingly getting triggered does automatically make us a bit more embodied in that exact moment because it shows us a pain that's happening within us that was there that becomes conscious for a moment you know and then if we project outwards we get out of body again but in the moment of being triggered it actually can you know, it brings us into the present, it brings us into our body because 
normally we were out somewhere else, you know. So what it's I mean? basically a chance for healing. Exactly. For deeper inquiry, right? To yeah. tune into what's actually happening. Yeah. But you know, the nature of getting triggered and then projecting it onto externally is actually a way to buffer up to avoid feeling. Yeah. Right? To avoid the pain and make it makes yourself feel better by projecting it externally. Right. Yeah, it makes you feel better temporarily, but it's like the the emotional content is already is already there. So uh, maybe we can talk about you know how in our own lives we process triggers. I think, like I mean, you and I like we obviously trigger each other, but we've gotten a lot better in dealing with it. I think. Yeah, I think the most important part in anything, be it inter- intimate relationships, anything when a trigger comes up, is also on just you know, honoring the quote-unquote psychological rule that you cannot make somebody else responsible for the way you feel. Yeah, yeah. To not fall into the blame thing. Yeah, that, because then you're right? depending on the other person or external conditions to change, which are way out of your control, yeah. in order for you to feel better. And that's that's the whole kind of NPC culture that they're making. It's like, let's make the world a certain way so that they don't exactly. trigger this certain group of people. So nobody gets offended and, anymore. Yeah, exactly. And then it ends up oppress, oppressing people. And they're like, oh, you know, like whatever, you know, like we're just trying to oppress the racist, the misogynist, etc., which is, yeah, that's true. That's who kind of they're targeting, but they're also, it becomes this, you know, like policing of what people can and cannot say. And it t- tends to fall into more extremist views, you know. So if you say anything that's even close to having an alternate opinion to feminism, it's going to be your own internalized misogyny. And then it just goes spirals from there, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's like, a, you know, ties into the divide and conquer. Um, you know, frequency of the matrix, which we also we can talk about this from the call perspective in the second part a bit. Yeah, but let's let's but get let's back stay. on topic. Yeah. yeah, so I want to share about what you just mentioned. Like, also, yeah, in our relationship, any relationship, sometimes conflict comes up. Sometimes we get triggered. You get triggered, yeah. right? And sometimes we just gauge maybe into the blame game a little bit, you yeah. know. And you know, I feel because you have done this, and you know, and or defense and all of that. But then once we remember and apply what we talk about ourselves, I remember this one incident, I got really triggered by something, we had a little conflict and I felt this anger and frustration coming up, right? But then I noticed, okay, um, you know, I remember you also helped me to guide into like, okay, what's happening in your body? How do you feel like that's, I feel, a very important aspect to not Mm -hmm. even consider the emotion first, but the physical sensation in the body. Yeah, that's... The reason why they do that is because in trauma therapy, um, a lot of feelings that caused the original trauma were pre-verbal. Exactly. And so in that instance, um, it's also about getting out of the mind, not because the mind right away wants to justify, analyze, give a reason. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm feeling this because of this, that, this, that, and it's, it's, you know, or we look up what's going on in astrology mm-hmm. <laughs> today, you know, just something needs to be justified or blamed for it. Yeah. But when you know, in that instance, when I was just, you know, it gets where somatic meditation comes into hand, like body scanning to sit with it. And I was feeling like, you know, especially there was tension in my chest, solar plexus, like this contraction, mm-hmm. right. And really sensing, feeling into it without analyzing it, you know, without judging it as good or bad, and also without trying to change it. And yeah. really just feeling it. And then I felt just the physical sensation of this contraction in my chest. And then you activate, actually, you get out of your head and you activate. There's something, some magic happens in your body and there's soma. The body intelligence almost kicks in or something deeper on a spiritual level. You can say your true self, your essence comes through anything, helping you to work through it. 
and then you feel like these layers dissolving almost it's hard to put into words like feeling into the physical sensation all of a sudden you sense this emotion of just anger frustration irritation but then you go deeper and all of a sudden feel felt the sadness coming up right this loneliness or just you know even some sort of betrayal or whatnot and all of a sudden i started crying mm -hmm. right it just came out and it was you know just in a sense, it was actually great release. Some deep pain came up that needed to release itself. And in that moment, I also realized it had nothing to do with whatever reason of the conflict we got into. It mm -hmm. had nothing to do with you at all. But in that instant, it related actually classically to something with my mother Yeah. In the, as, as a young child, right? That got reactivated or yeah. triggered in that moment. So in that instance, you can use it as a chance for healing for deeper childhood wounds on the most basic level. Exactly. Right? By allowing yourself to feel first the physical sensation and then the emotion that comes up, which on for some people it's not that easy. Right? We want to point that out as well, like especially if some people are living most of the time in their heads, dissociated. You know, they've built up so much armor, so much defense mechanisms. Mm -hmm. So it's even very hard for people just to feel these sensations in the body and it becomes so reactive to distract from it. Yeah, that's why I think it's it probably extremely crucial for anyone who practices meditation to be doing, um, I mean, again, I'm saying my way is the best way, but from my experience, the, you know, it's called quote unquote Vipassana, which by the way, just means insight meditation. But how we translate Vipassana is like doing these kind of body scanning body scanning, pay attention to the sensitivity of the body, starting from the feet. I'd start from the feet out. Some people start from the crown down. But you just scan all the layers of your body. And this. And a lot of the times um, when you start doing this, you think it's numb. Like you're like, oh, I can't feel my feet. I can't feel my thighs or whatever. And then slowly as you put your awareness there, it's the cells almost start to wake up through our own conscious attention. And I think that's really what it means to like make the darkness conscious because like, you know, you had this pain in your chest by putting your own awareness on that, you're making it conscious because you're becoming conscious of what's there. You're putting your presence there. And then that's the thing is about a lot of feelings like because, you know, maybe when you were a child, uh, you weren't actually able to express and to feel those feelings. So they became suppressed and then they get activated later. And later, in order to resolve it, you almost need to let the emotions play themselves out be felt, you know, like as if like, so say if that, that experience, you know, that something happened with you and a child and your mother was actually able to be held by your mother and she was able to be emotionally there and process with you actually would, it wouldn't become unconscious because you were able to express it. You're able to feel into it. You're able to run it through to its completion, but it's because we live in this culture and a lot of us live in families where we're not allowed to like emotionally, I'm saying this majority, I'm sure that not some people were lucky enough to have a different setup, but we're not able to express our emotions open openly We're we don't have anyone who safely can hold those emotions for us. That's what ends up suppressing a lot of these emotions into our unconscious. And then later, as our adult selves, we can learn how to hold those emotions with our own presence and our own awareness, like recognize what's there, like recognize the pain that's there and allow them to play themselves out to their completion. And by giving ourselves that presence that maybe we didn't get, you know, previously. Exactly. So the really key aspect is really like also to understand to get into the, the physical sensation of the body. Right? Yeah. 
and feeling that because that in a sense any unprocessed experience is held in the body somewhere yeah right? that's that's really what it comes down to it relates to also what we talked about i think in the previous part of one of the past podcasts about karma quote-unquote in the body mm-hmm. of unprocessed experiences but you know like also generally speaking um <clears throat> you know like let's talk a bit but i want to just bring this up um social media facebook yeah whatever it may be like because you know people get triggered on the left and right you know or even when political politically or anything what we see like in what uh what other some person posts their pics her pics whatever yeah <clears throat> excuse me some you know many of us we we judge very easily you know we can get triggered i can get triggered but it's ironically like you know and places like facebook or social media actually a great place to practice um, shadow work in that That's sense true. or do deeper spiritual esoteric work as well yeah. um, to check yourself, you know, yeah. when the trigger arises, why am I getting triggered? Yeah. Right? What's what's really happening? Yeah. And uh, without automatically projecting externally to observe yourself, your reactions to certain posts, pics and whatnot, and yeah. own these feelings. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. The right. majority of people will just end up creating like a straw man argument yes. on their posts and be like, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's why, you know, and it's interesting. I was just thinking as you were saying that the reason why, you know, these triggers can come up is because for the most part, when people are out in the world, from what I've seen, is they're checked out. They're like out of body to some to some degree, not entirely. So, you know, like it takes something really big for them to trigger. Like they've checked out because reality and the society as it's set up from my own opinion and from what I've seen is too traumatic for them to actually be embodied within it. But then interestingly, if people, Facebook has become this quote unquote weird safe space for people, but it's not true because they go on there to relax, to share with friends or whatever but the reality which ends up happening is they end up getting triggered but the reason they get triggered so much is because a lot of people perceive it and go to it as a safe space as an escape you know so that's the interesting component to that is like the reason they're able to get triggered so much is because they're going there to like relax same same with me that's why i actually make sure like i mean i don't do this all the time but really early in the morning when I'm like waking out of that sleep space, most of the time, you know, I try to meditate it's first thing when I get up. I don't go on any social media, don't check any email because I know that this is a really, you know, I want to start my day right. But then I also know this is a really fragile space for me and I know how Facebook is, you know, and especially with you and I, like, because not only are we, you know, going through our own process I actually don't have like a lot of time to go through the feed like and if I do I spend so little time on their liking stuff that the feed doesn't even know who I am anymore so it's not interesting for me but what mainly I deal with now depending but a lot of people will add me because I like share a lot of the conventional kind of like feel good writing and then I'll share something you know about like exposing like the the pet pedophile rings or something and then that's and that ends up triggering people and that's because of these positive shadow projections maybe we can talk more about that well we just talked about at the beginning with this uh, yeah exactly exactly these positive shadow projections so what's more happening for me is like i'm having to deal with the triggers from other people and interestingly then this triggers my own stuff about like wanting to make people happy and being like a people pleaser or whatever you know but the more that you're also able to 
spot when somebody else is triggered and then you're also able to hold that space for them, even from your own awareness, I feel like not, you know, like pointing out why they got triggered and giving your own analysis, but just being able to respond compassionately and seeing, okay, this person's had something in them that got activated. Like, how am I going to, how am I going to treat this person who's most likely reverted to like a place of the, their child self? You know what I mean? Like, I think looking at it that way, not trying to point out to them like, oh, this is why you got triggered. This is like what I know about you. But being like, okay, how is this person feeling? Like, do do I want to engage in their process? Do I feel like they're interested in that and like how am I going to treat this and is it even worth it like for the most part to be honest like I don't have I already have so much work to do every single day which I kind of overload myself with that people getting triggered on Facebook is a super low priority for me you know like if they don't like what I post they can unfriend me I'm fine with that you know but This is also another thing is like, I think we need to be careful because, yeah, we can use Facebook. We can use a lot of situations for gaining higher levels of self-awareness. But is a good use of our time is the question. Exactly. That's, you know, I'm not I'm not implying, okay, let's spend more time on Facebook to do shadow work. Yeah. It's just generally to understand, you know, like uh, that it's, it's a chance always whatever you get triggered by post or pics to examine why you're triggered without projecting externally and reactively and mechanically, mechanically, which is not easy. Yeah. Right. And if you do this really, truly, sincerely, <clears throat> excuse me, you will actually realize that the why has nothing to do with the trigger itself nor the other person we projected upon, but it actually relates more to your own unprocessed wounds. Also related to unconscious shame, guilt, grief, unprocessed anger, lack of self-worth, jealousy, envy, and so on and so forth, right? So it's also owning these emotions and feeling them, right? Which entails going deep into your body. But that reminds me also of something else we should address. We talked about being triggered in terms of an overly emotional reaction Mm -hmm. mechanically. Mm -hmm. But there's also, you know, it's all about the idea of staying in zero point, right? And observing. But that can also be easily misapplied. Right. Yeah. Because you can also suppress the emotions. Yeah, that's what I'm that's 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 the whole thing is like I've noticed because and this is one thing that I think is really fundamental if you have any sort of trauma in the background. And this is what I've been reading in Peter Levine's work, that one of the crucial elements of healing this trauma is noticing when you check out. If you can start noticing that, then that's really important because most people, people check out and don't even realize that. That's what happened. That's what happened to me. And you saw what happened sometimes when I checked out and we talked about we're going to go deeper into like occult forces and stuff in the second hour and how that's also something I was going to note about Facebook is like these occult forces who feed off of this drama and yeah. emotional and, and emotional energy is there. It's a feeding ground for them. Exactly. On Facebook. So we definitely go deeper into that topic in the second hour about occult forces, hyperdimensional attack interferences yeah. and how this relates to shadow projection, working through other people, or even working through our own minds when yeah. we get activated. Yeah. So, so yeah. So yeah. What you were saying about the um, this kind of yeah this when we think we're not being triggered, but we're in this fake non-reactive consciousness. I think we'll go in more detail on that in the second podcast. That's a lot to talk about. I feel you know. Yeah. But I mean, just just to bring it down, like sometimes just because you're not. What I want to mention about the fake non-reactive consciousness. Mm is when you're actually going into your head and and disembodied and you don't acknowledge feelings because non-reactive consciousness or being zero point doesn't mean uh, to uh, um, 
how do you say it? to doesn't mean you don't feel things doesn't mean you don't feel things doesn't mean to resist or deny yeah. feelings yeah right they flow through you they like flow, they're so supposed you, uh, to yeah. exactly you're just yeah. able to hold the space without projecting it externally yeah or you know like you you know like how to flow with the emotional dynamics of a situation like you know like you know like fight or flight exist for a reason however most people are in fight or flight all the time that they actually can't use it wisely you know what i mean yeah you can see a for example let's say Generally speaking, our last podcast was about the new age and we talked about, you know, some of the new age fallacies of anger is bad, right? Mm -hmm. So a lot of, you know, anger has its place, especially, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a necessary emotion to make your boundaries clear sometimes when they have been severely crossed, yeah. right? But a lot of people deny anger, don't want to appear angry. So when they get triggered in some way, it creates this fake niceness, this fake nice personality, mm -hmm. and the anger comes more through like stingy passive aggressiveness. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it's common. So you're still triggered, even though it doesn't appear over emotionally that way. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, a really important point, I know this will be triggering for people, <laughs> is that uh, we're usually only triggered when we hold a belief in ourselves that feels the same way. You know what I mean? So if somebody says to us that like, if I said to you, you're lazy, and you actually had a belief in yourself deep down inside that you are a lazy person, that's not going to trigger you. But if I say you're lazy to you and you don't actually have, hold that belief, that's not, not going to trigger that's you. A very, that's a very important point. That's a very good point. Yeah. yeah that's, so that's so that's yeah. why that and that's how we can also help us gain our own self awareness on these, you know, beliefs that we hold about ourselves. And this is also the thing, you know, like whether or not the belief is true, even if it is true that you're a lazy person, you know, who cares? Like at the end of the day, maybe that's just like whatever. But it's about you, but you resisting that 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 aspect of yourself resist whatever it is that you know laziness is doing for you it's that leaves it unexplored and unconscious in you yeah exactly and it is unconscious that's why you may not recognize it right away yeah but the fact that you emotionally react to it so strongly means there's some resonance to that to your own internal belief system which could also be something you picked up in childhood or something that was told to you like by your parents for example yeah and you've internalized it and shoved into the unconscious repressed and now project onto others or when others tell you that you know you react disproportionately so there's something and it's a chance again for healing a chance for self-inquiry for self-observation in light of 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 the basic inner psychological work and basic spiritual work self-work in general right it's always an opportunity to deal with these emotions as they come up when you're triggered Yeah, and I like this analogy from Gabor Mate, Gabor, I don't even forget how you say that. Um, anyway, I like this analogy, and I, I, I I'm not sure if this is his, you said you've heard it before, but um, he talks about the trigger and uh, ammunition analogy, so if you think about the trigger, it's only a small part of the gun, what really explodes is the ammunition. And he references the ammunition as being this unexplored emotional content that we're holding within ourselves. And that's actually what is explosive. It's not the trigger itself. The trigger is just, you know, the trigger can go off and then we have no ammunition. There's going to be no emotional content. So it's about yeah. really exploring that emotional content and what we're holding inside of ourselves. You know, like I've noticed like for myself, like I still have to work on this. Like, you know, like there's this anger that I still, I feel needs an outlet 
which um, which I know is related to like, you know, experiences of abuse where I should have gotten angry at the moment to be like, gross, like, don't do that to me or whatever. That's the ammunition that's still being held within me. And I noticed just like in myself, like when I get like annoyed with people that the anger is the first thing that comes up and then it's the sadness mm -hmm. underneath it. So that's something that I still need to, you know, discharge and I discharge it through my own awareness. You know, like I've noticed, especially almost, I would say almost every single meditation that I have um, lately, at least, you know, cause I've been exploring and a lot of like old traumas have been coming up. There's some really uncomfortable emotion that comes up and my mind automatically wants to stop the meditation. It starts going elsewhere. It starts getting out of body because it's so strong. And if I can teach myself to just be with it, like some magic happens, like there's a transmutation happening. And then interestingly, you know, like more stuff rises from the unconscious, the more space that we create within ourselves. So it's this, it's this ongoing process. I don't think there's ever a point, you know, maybe there's a point when it gets easier for sure and it doesn't get as intense, but we're going to be processing things all the time and making it conscious, I feel. I think what's very important, two things that came up, uh, remind me of what you said, of this really great analogy between the trigger and ammunition that's about the ammunition the emotional mm -hmm. load behind it yeah that most often i can see myself if you're not aware of this process or don't apply shadow work we just focus on the trigger and justify the trigger yeah we yeah. justify it well you said this so i you know of course i'm triggered because you said this or you did this so we justify the trigger <laughs> so that's kind of like you know it will not go anywhere right <clears throat> we're just falling into blame victim trap so to speak Yeah, I feel like that's a distortion of like, like we're justifying it because <clears throat> that's a distortion of like a common human survival mechanism that I was like pointing to earlier. So like, you know, like if someone does something that doesn't feel that like that, that crosses your boundary where anger is justified, you know, that's why it's so tricky because you can also use that as a distortion to to justify things that aren't necessarily to be angry about. Like, you know, the thing I was talking, the ref, the analogy I said earlier about the guy just touching someone, you know, and then the anger being justified to being like, get off me, yeah. you know, but then there's also, I feel there's these quote unquote healthy defense mechanisms, which I would say the majority of people don't have access to because they have the unhealthy defense mechanisms that are filtering their reality. You yeah. know, like it's, you actually, I feel personally, you can't execute fight or flight with the higher wisdom that it contains since we live in a culture where people are constantly in fight or flight. Yeah. Like we're really in a, especially from the media, the, like the political sphere, we're in this space where it's like just trying to make people fearful, angry, hateful, you know, it's, it's working against us developing this higher wisdom. And I think that's only the, it's not going to happen just naturally for us, we're going to have to make the conscious effort to work on it ourselves in our individual lives in order to rise above that. Like we just fall in line with the masses and do whatever it is they're doing. They're just going to keep feeding off of this emotional. Exactly. And that ties into, which also since we're nearing almost the end of the first hour, what I want to talk about in the second hour, also the limitations of shadow work, you know, if, you know, if people are just stuck in this tunnel vision, that everything is our shadow, everything needs to be integrated. And it's like you said, you just mentioned, you just go deeper and there are layers, but you can get lost in the shadow rabbit hole, so to speak, of more and more, you know, and I remember Sri Aurobindo from Integral Yoga also criticized that kind of pure psychological approach when it's not matched with also more spiritual practice. To yeah, it's about anchoring the divine. The anchoring the well, divine yeah. and connecting to your essence, your yeah. true self. And there's also part, you know, many parts need to be integrated as part of our shadow, like, 
we mentioned even Carl Jung at the beginning of, of this podcast and his quote about integrating it to mm -hmm. become a whole. But there are aspects also that need to be rejected as not part of your true self or true essence. And that can be, it's very tricky because you don't want to fall into the trap of suppressing, yeah. right? But there's also or denial. State, or denial, but there's a press of rejecting certain aspects that are not part of your shadow, not part of your true self and essence, and actually not part of your, um, you know, um, suppressed nature, so to speak. Yeah. But yeah, but let's go into that, into the second hour, also talk about more how occult and entity interferences relate to shadow projections and triggers. Yeah, and just an example about like rejection, for instance, like I remember like something happened when I got off the airplane the other day and I got a little bit annoyed about something and I was just like, no, I'm not gonna, you know, it was just my first time seeing you in like a month. I was like, I'm not gonna bother with this, you know, like yeah. that's, that, that's the thing is like this healthy ability to let go when necessary and realize like, you know, like I find the especially majority of humans, like the, the term I would use for them is like pettiness, especially in relationships. Like there's so much pettiness that goes on in relationships. Like people get mad about somebody not texting them back within an adequate amount of time. And it's like, just like yes. constant, constant pettiness because of all these unresolved wounds or whatever within them that's driving the relationship. But, you know, I think that's also kind of the positive aspect of rejection is like once you work on yourself to a certain extent, you're like, no, I'm not going to like, you know, like I, I, I want to just focus on like our connection and love. And, you exactly, know, that's also about focusing on your true essence and not getting involved in these like, you know, just minute it's, things yeah, as the, well. It's a lot of not giving a fuck sometimes, you know, this Ex book by Mark Hansen. Exactly. It so, reminds me of, uh, of uh, you made a great analogy about uh, meditating on death. Oh, yeah, exactly. That's what I did. I actually applied that. So, yeah, I posted this on Facebook the other day, like one of the, you know, basic Buddhist reflections, you know, I think it's in like the forum, they call it the four reminders in Tibetan Buddhism, um, and one of them is to meditate on death, like, and it's, and it's so that you value your life and you don't waste it. And I think that's the most important aspect of it. So when you truly value your life and you live each, like I would say even hour, but each day, at least as if it's your last, it completely changes how you treat your human relationships around you. You know, you're not, I think a lot of people and especially anyone who hasn't encountered like any sudden death in their life, even people who have, like they're like, oh, I'll just deal with that tomorrow or whatever. I'll like, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll do what I really want to do after I retire in five years or whatever. It's always about like putting more time and more time. Yeah, you so know? basically, it's how, how would I really truly react to this situation, this person, if I would die in an hour or he or she would, you know, yeah, that would that because I because I faced that recently when I didn't hear back from you and you're about to call me and you usually do and you were driving somewhere. Mm -hmm. And I that's actually that was that was a very spiritual experience for me because I was like, I remember we were like doing some process earlier. And then yes. what happened? What happened is I f had this fear arise, you know, which calmed down. Uh, shortly after I was like, just, I was able to feel into it intuitively. I knew that nothing happened, but this fear arose. I was like, Oh my God, what if you got in an accident or whatever? And I realized that like nothing that we had been processing really mattered as much. And then it was able to help me refocus. So that was like a very important teaching in that moment. I think it was almost like, I feel like it was also like a divine grace in a sense. Cause it, yeah. cause it changed, it changed everything for me to feel, to really feel that in that, that moment. That's a good example of what I just mentioned to also bring the spiritual aspect into this process. Yeah. Right? The higher vision, the, your soul, the, the divine and all of that. Yeah. Yeah. So just a few more notes. So in the second podcast episode, we're going to 
talk about more a little bit more about you know reclaiming the power in the shadow how to process triggers in a relationship how triggers relate to trauma this collective shadow and how it plays out in politics also um the, um, these occult forces and how they feed off this emotional loose based on our triggered responses and maybe just go uh, more into some practical tips for processing triggers and a bunch of other stuff. So yeah, if you want to listen to the second hour, please join the uh, Piercing the Veil of Reality community and there's a second hour of all our podcasts on there. And then also, once again, we're doing a weekly, or sorry, not weekly, monthly Zoom call, which is going to start tomorrow, Saturday, May 17th at... 18th. 18th, May, Saturday, May 18th at 3 p.m. PST. And the link will be posted on the announcement section on the forum. So hope to see some of you there. And uh, yeah, yeah, so that uh, Zoom call is for also for the members. Yeah. And you can sign up, the whole membership. Uh, also, we have a great forum Um over there and there's amazing discussions and going deep into various topics yeah the forum is really active actually. it's very active it's nice uh at veilofreality.com you can check out everything over there and sign up to the membership so hopefully see you in the second hour <laughs>